inviting us to look at how we see things and then how he sees things. How we can approach life with a, a, a mindset. We can get up in the morning and go through our day with what we think our day is going to look like. And God has his idea what our day is going to look like. And so God is working at moving us to being movable, to be docile, to be moved by the Spirit. We're people of the Spirit of God. We are baptized, meaning we have to be listening and being, not just listening, but being obedient to the breath of God as He moves us left or right or forward or backward or into a conversation or not or into a relationship or not. The Lord is leading and He's guiding. And I think a lot of times when we go through our lives, we can think we are steering, we are driving. And until something happens in our lives, often some sort of tragedy or, or something that brings us to the ground level, we really feel humbled in some way, we realize we're not in charge. And so God today wants to convey to us that I'm in control. God's in control. And so, you know, as I was praying with these readings today, our first reading is from 2 Samuel chapter 7 and 8. And I was thinking, you know, first starting where you are, where are you? You know, where are you going? What's going on inside of you? You know, are you feeling tired? Not with it? <laughs> are you feeling unsettled? Maybe unrecollected? I like the word discombobulated. Are you feeling uh, distracted? Your thoughts are here and there and everywhere as you sit here listening. Now, where's your head? Where's your heart? Where are you at? You know, is this just another Sunday for you? Sometimes when we come to church, it's just another Sunday. I come in, I'm punching my card because I'm told I have to go to church. And so we just come in and we sit down and we bear it. We do it. And so maybe that's where we are. Maybe we've decided that we're going to leave the same way we came before we even sat down. And, you know, maybe we feel, you know, some unbelief. We question in our faith. Maybe we feel left out or forgotten. Whatever you're feeling, wherever you are, everyone there can plug into something there, huh? We can plug in to where you are. Because God does care about where you are. And it's not His plan that we come in here deciding we're going to leave the same way we came in. God has a plan. And what He's trying to say is, in our first reading, we have David here, King David. What's God's Word saying to you today through this reading? He's speaking to you, alright? It's not just a reading. We're reading up here some Sunday thing, and we're listening, and we walk. God's speaking to you. Open the ears, open our hearts, and listen. He's saying to David, you know, David's in a good place here. He's in his kingdom. He's, all sides have been quieted, and his enemies are quieted because he's the big dog in the kingdom right now, okay? He's on his throne. He's, he's, he's king. And he has this idea come to him, and he says... To, to, to the prophet Nathan, Nathan, David says, okay, I'm living here in this nice palace, this house of cedar, and God's in a tent. What's going on here? Something's wrong. I want to give God something better. So David, had, he was a man after God's heart, right? He wanted to give God something better. But 
The prophet Nathan said to David, Go, okay, do whatever you have in mind. The Lord's with you. So God's pleased with that desire. I want to do something better for God. Everyone in here, hopefully we have some desire. Like, I want to be the best version of me. You know, I want to be me. I want to be who God made me to be. Okay, that's good. God wants that heart. I want to do something for you, Lord. I don't just want to come to church. I want to do something for you. I want to live for you. I want to love you. I want to do something for God. David had that that desire, okay? So he went off, and the next day, the prophet Nathan came to David, and God said to David through the prophet, I'm paraphrasing now, David, you don't get it. I love your desire But what you think I want and what I want are two different things. What you think I'm doing and what I'm really going to do are two different things. So like David, we can be in a place where we have thoughts and ideas of what God wants and thinks and what He's doing. And and we can approach it with a good desire. Like, yes, I want to serve God. I want to do something for God. I want to help build my family. I want to love my wife and my kids today in a way I haven't loved them yesterday. I want to love my uh, co-worker in a way I haven't loved them yesterday. I want to be more patient today with the illness I'm suffering with today than I was yesterday. That's good desires. But what God's saying to David, David, you're thinking too small. David, I have a bigger plan for you. And he says, should you build a house for me to dwell in? God says, David, don't forget, I, it was I who took you from the pasture as a shepherd boy and made you a commander of my people. I have been with you wherever you went. I have destroyed your enemies. I will make you famous like the great ones of the earth. I will fix a place for my people, Israel. I will plant them in a place to dwell in peace. I will raise up an heir after you. I will give you rest. I will be your father. I, 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 I. God's saying, David, you're a part of my plan. And I think sometimes as we're in the world and we get caught in the nuts and bolts of our daily living, we forget that we are a part of something much bigger than just sweeping the floor, or cleaning up the food after the kids ate, or packing the lunch, or getting up and putting gas in the car, or driving to work. God has a much bigger view of that than you and I. He doesn't see you sweeping the floor and just that. David didn't know that he was preparing the way for the God of the universe to sit on the throne of David. Jesus Christ, we say, is the son of David. He's the king of the Jews. He's the king of kings, the Lord of lords. David, God was trying to expand David's mind a bit to the reality of, David, you're a part of my plan. You know, David's running like, we got to build God a better house. David didn't understand the house God was building was... He wanted to live in this house. You know, when God told St. Francis, go rebuild my church, what did Francis do? 
He went down into the city and literally built a church, a, a literal physical church. But what God was saying is, rebuild my church. Jesus says, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. And the Jews were like, yeah, right. This place took years and thousands of years to build, and you're going to say you're going to knock it down and build it. They didn't get it. David didn't get it. St. Francis didn't get it. You and I often don't get it. What God's trying to say through His Word to you and I today is, it's time to get it. It's time to realize that your day-to-day in and out of living your lives, the nuts and bolts of daily living your life, because you're baptized, and I'm baptized, because we are the body of Christ, it's more than meets the eye. There's more to what you do than just doing your daily stuff. The work of the Holy Spirit in your lives is to help you and I realize that we are a part of the plan of God. Everyone in the pew here, everyone in the world, God has a call on your life. He has a plan for your life. And that plan is that you prepare the way for the coming of His Son, Jesus Christ, in your own life, in your own heart, but also in the heart of your husband, your wife, your kids, co-worker, family, friends, aunts, uncles, cousins. You and I are a part of that plan. Let's not get lost in the hustle and bustle of life. Coming in here, if you're feeling tired, not with it, unsettled, unrecollected, distracted, uh, just another Sunday, I've decided to leave the same way I came, same old, same old, unbelieving, left out, forgotten. If you're feeling that right now, I would challenge you to believe that you are in a spiritual war right now. You are in a spiritual war. The devil's not dumb. He knows you have the power in the Holy Spirit to bring Jesus to the people you meet every day. He's not dumb. We are the ones that forget that we have authority and power through our baptism to share Jesus Christ with everyone we meet. The devil knows that. And he is attacking the church, the family, marriages, kids. He's attacking. And we're God's people. We're not just some ordinary run-of-the-mill people. Walk like a king. Walk like a queen. Because that's what you are in His eyes. You're royalty. Through your baptism, you are royalty. Do not let anyone out there tell you Don't let any TV station tell you or silly magazine tell you you're not royalty. Because you have the blood of Jesus flowing in you. That's the truth. And when you claim that truth, it starts to affect how you walk. You know, somebody walks around like this, you wonder if they know Jesus. But you know, you should be walking like this. I know Jesus. God wants us to walk with authority. Speak with authority. Think with authority. You have power over those thoughts that that pull you down and rip you up. You have power. 
The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit has been given to you at baptism and confirmation. So don't come in here saying, I'm going to leave the same way I came in. I'm not a friend of status quo. I don't fellowship with status quo. Status quo is not allowed in my mind. I will not, I will not make friends with status quo. And I'm not going to just live that humdrum lifestyle. It's up to you. It's up to me right here, right now. You make a choice right here, right now to recommit your life to Jesus Christ and enter the spiritual war against the enemy who isn't your husband or wife or your kids or your aunt or your uncle or your mother-in-law or sister-in-law or brother-in-law. is not them. You know what St. Paul says? I wish I had another half hour. You know what St. Paul says? St. Paul says, we are not contenders against flesh and blood, but we are against principalities and powers, against world rulers of the present darkness, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. What he's saying is here, our battle's not against flesh and blood. What's flesh and blood? Your battle's not against your wife or your kids or your mother-in-law or your father-in-law or your son-in-law. Daughter. It's not against them. There's evil spirits that want you and I to buy into the garbage so that we attack each other. Divide and conquer. That's his plan. And it's time that the church wakes up to the reality that you and I have power and authority in Jesus Christ to make our families what God wants them to be. And what's God want our family to be? Revelations revelations of His love to the world. You know, I tell married couples when I prepare them for marriage, I said, I don't know about you, but if you follow the blueprint that MTV's given you or Cosmo Magazine's given you or uh, I always call it, you know, the checkout counter aisle with all their silly mag... If you follow that blueprint, you're going to look... You're going to start to taste hell on earth. Bottom line. That blueprint that's being presented out there is a blueprint for destruction. And the church is our friend, our mother, to say, don't listen to that. You know a tree by its fruits. Look at the fruits. It's time, again, that we have power and authority as church. You are believers. You have the grace of God to lead your family. Men in the pews, If there's one thing I want you to get out of today, get this book out. Blow the dust off of it. Open it up and start reading it. This is the sword against Satan who wants to destroy your marriage and families. This is the sword, the Word of God. And this ain't an ordinary book like I'm reading about George Washington or something. This is God's Word, meaning when I read this, I feel life. I feel built up. I was preparing this. I could keep going, but, you know, we got we to gotta stop. And, you know, God's Word is life-giving. Chew on it. Chew on it. Chew on God's Word. Let it, let it, let it get in. Let it get in. Um, so my prayer for you as we continue to Advent, we're going to have confessions all week, okay? Confessions all week.
smorgasbord of, of grace coming out of the, I'm, my, I'm going to put tinsel up and lights in there. No, I'm just joking. But come to confession. Who here hasn't been to confession in a long time? Just joking. <laughs> come to confession. Come. Do something crazy for God, huh? Come to confession and say, Father, here I am. I don't even know what to do. I don't know what to say. Help me. And I'll walk you right through it if you haven't been there in a while. Don't worry about it. There's something cool about feeling really uncomfortable. If you want to grow spiritually, start getting really uncomfortable and looking and going into the confessional and naming your sins. Like That makes you really uncomfortable. You know what you're doing there? You're putting to death the devil's power over your life. You're telling the devil, I'm not afraid to be honest. I'm, I'm not afraid to be honest. And you could, you could scare me as much as you want. I'm, I'm going and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open my heart and I'm going to experience God's freedom and love in my life. So just a little challenge out there. This whole week we're going to have tons of opportunities to prepare our hearts for the birth. Who wants to be born again? The birth of Jesus is going to be born again in your hearts this Christmas. Eyes, I'm trying to listen. Oh, cause it's been so long since I heard you speak. Say in your life.